Hey friends, this is Mario J. Radford. I'm the pastor of Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. I pray that it connects, leads, and maybe introduces you to a growing and life-changing relationship with Jesus. Now let's go into the message. series today with the topic today, Gotta Have It. Uh, will somebody just look towards someone around you, got your mask on, just look towards them and say, I gotta have it. I gotta have it. And you may be seated. You may be seated. I gotta have it. I gotta have it. This season and uh, this year um, have taught me that there are many things that I can go without. There are many things in this year that I have decided that if I never um, experience it again, I'm okay. If I never get another Zoom invite, I will be okay. Um, I never knew how much of a fashion statement mask would become but as soon as I get to throw that away I will never look to put that on again is there anybody in the room who contested that that I'm just um, I, I want to give a shameless plug um, against my better judgment to the point of view today who looks great in their pink um, and their mask and their shirts and their socks and their hats and everything they got associated with it so let's give God praise for point of view so y'all <laughs> They're the ones who are behind the cameras and the screens, and they say that I'm full of shade. I say they're full of other things. Praise the Lord. Uh, but I thank the Lord for their mask. Um, and um, there are things like that that I can do without. If I don't have to wear a mask again, do Zoom or any of those types of things again, I'll be just fine. If I don't have to do a fist bump to another person. Matter of fact, I, I actually do somewhat enjoy um, having an excuse not to hug some people. You know that creepy person that you've been trying to avoid for a long time? And now you have the wonderful opportunity to be like. <laughs> there are some of those type of awkward moments that I no longer um, will uh, look for. I don't have to. I don't want to miss it. But there are things, though, that I have learned in this season because of the moments that have challenged us greatly. There are things that I have learned that I cannot live without. One of those being the glory of God. If there's anything, and, and I, I would venture to say, I can sometimes do without church, but I can't do without him. And I know that that's contradictory, uh, contradiction because some, as, as pastors, we're supposed to tell you to come to the church, um, come to the building. But I have learned more away from a building than I ever often learned while I was in the building. Because sometimes you can get sucked into a routine and, and void the relationship. So I'm, I'm, there are things like that that I cannot do without as far as his presence is concerned. And I cannot do without his glory. Before I go into building this particular text, I realize that there are many of you all who use words that you do not understand. 
And there are many of us who play with words that have been handed down to us that we do not know the definition for. So many of us have learned church, but we have not learned understanding. So the reason that many of us are not having an authentic encounter is because you have learned by routine and not learned by experience. So there are many people who will get up and say, glory, but you don't know what it means. There are many people who have handed down the words that hallelujah is the highest praise, and there is no biblical reference to, to prove that. But because every worship leader has an awkward moment where they have to push the atmosphere and they tell everybody to push and hallelujah is the highest praise. And you can have a hallelujah and not have a yes. Praise is never void of obedience. So the highest praise cannot be hallelujah when the highest might be your yes and your surrender. Because you can have a bump and no change. You can have a run and no deliverance. So it cannot be the highest praise if it does not produce any change. I've been in, in many experiences where we had a great moment, but when I was in college and I went back to my dorm, nothing changed but my clothes. Hallelujah cannot be the highest praise if it does not. It, it is a word. The hallelujah is a word that means praise to Yah, praise to the Lord. It's not a high praise. It is a, uh, it is a command. When I say hallelujah, we do something. Hallelujah. It goes hallelujah. It's to say praise the Lord. So all of us can't be saying hallelujah and doing nothing. It's just like the choir who sings, you are the source of my strength. You are the strength of my life. I lift my hands in total praise to you. The song sounded good, but I never lifted my hands. So we sing stuff we don't even do. So could we, could our moments together be more hypocritical than they are factual? <laughs> are y'all ready for me today? Y'all want me to go back home? You can't sing something because it sounds good and it have no personal point of reference to you. Hallelujah means to praise the Lord. So do that when you say it. That's just like how the traditional church, a lot of times when I'm not talking about Baptists, I'm talking about anything traditional. A lot of times when preachers have that nervous energy, they say, amen. And then we nervously say it back like it's a call and response. But the word amen is not a call and response. The word amen means so it is. <laughs> that means that when I get through saying something, it means so it is whether you believe it or not. Amen means so it is and it is so. It is not a call and response just to use it for church lingo. But a lot of us have learned routine and not learned experience. That's why you can be a 40-year-old first-time Christian having a first-time experience for 40 years. I don't know if y'all ready for me today. The word glory means 
it comes from the Hebrew word kabod. Um, the word kabod comes, is a Hebrew word that means splendor. It means honor or reflection. Uh, what that honor, honor means or that splendor means he, uh, he's so wonderful or he, he is so excellent that I ascribe glory to him. His splendor, his honor, his majesty, glory. Uh, and then we are also uh, called, according to scripture, we are also called to reflect his glory. Uh, not only do I give him glory because of his splendor, I'm also supposed to be glorious, which means I am a glory carrier. Which means that wherever I go, the glory of God is also supposed to be representative in me. Oh, uh, my granddaddy's favorite scripture is Psalms 19 and 1. He's gone on, but he would say the heavens declare the splendor, the glory of God. And the sky above his handiwork. What that means is if all of us were to take a trip from here to the sun, it would take us, according to scientists, about 17 years just to get there. Because of the distance of the sun to where we are. But when you go outside and when it's a sunny day, you feel like the sun is closer than it is because of its effect on you. But if we were to take a trip, it would take us 17 years just to get there because of how distance and proximity it is. But its power is so potent that it can affect us from 17, million, 17 years away because of its effervescence, because of its power, because of its effect. But the closer you get to the sun, you will die before you get there. Because the closer you get to glory... The closer you get to the light, it not only blinds you, it kills you. That's why you can't play with glory if you're not ready for there to be a life change in your life. You can't say a word that cannot affect you. When I say glory, I'm not only saying I reflect it, I'm also saying it's too great for me to be close to. Glory. Someone in the room, shout out glory. Uh, because when you want glory, prepare to be changed. When you want glory, prepare for your life to be changed. And what happens is, according to Dr. Tony Evans, he says the reason, uh, the reason that God goes unappreciated is because he's too consistent. Uh, the reason that we don't praise consistently is because God is so consistent. Because there are certain things that we expect him to do because he always does it. You expect to wake up because you always wake up. You expect to make it to your destination because you always have. But it is not until you get a car wreck that you open up your mouth and you thank him for taking you to danger seen and unseen. But it's not until you survive what should have killed you that you ascribe glory. But God is so great and he's so consistent that we don't know how to consistently give him praise because he just always keeps doing great things. And because we live in the grace dispensation and we live in the grace time and the New, uh, the New Testament time where the blood that y'all were just shouting about, the blood covers you. We think that because we keep escaping our sin, that God has not looked at it. 
just because you escaped it and nobody knows about it doesn't mean heaven didn't record it. Scripture says, I feel like preaching, Scripture says where sin abounded, uh, grace did more abound. And when you're used to getting grace, you don't know how to praise him because every time you do something wrong, you know he forgives. Uh, but a real heart change is that every time he gives me another chance, I do better. I don't continue where I was. Because I can't get too close to the sun and not change. Uh, if I'm going to go to the sun, if I'm going to take a trip, I'm not taking a trip for leisure. I'm taking a trip because I don't like where I've been. I'm taking a trip because I'm ready to change. I'm taking a trip because I'm not trying to play footsies with my destiny. I don't want to keep getting older and not getting better. Uh, I want his glory. Someone say glory. <laughs> so he's so consistent. Uh, I, I used to uh, remember uh, the testimony services of old. Where they didn't have something that was great to say. But they would get up and say, I just want to thank God for being in my right mind. To no one who's ever had almost a mental breakdown, it means nothing to you. For someone who's not on any type of medication, it means nothing to you. But when you're sitting in the doctor's office and they're trying to tell you you need Prozac and you need something that's going to calm your nerves, you don't know what it means for you to get up in front of the church and say, I want to thank God for being in my right mind without any medication. I want to thank God that I haven't clocked on anybody. I want to thank God that I turned the gun back in instead of shooting who I thought needed it. I want to thank God. Glory. Can't be near the sun and not change. They had fixed income, but he was Jehovah's Jireh. Grandmama had, uh, grandmama had a jean t-shirt. A green, uh, excuse me, he had jean, a skirt, and a t-shirt. Didn't have a lot of money, but she had a lot of glory. Had a lot of gratitude. Now we got a lot of weave and got a lot of makeup and look like Meg Thee Stallion, but we can't get on our knees and say glory. Take my weave, take my tracks, but give me Jesus. Somebody in the room say glory. Your hair looks better than your prayer life. Your hair looks better than your worship life. You're too cute to praise him. Too cute to honor him. I need somebody to snatch it off and say, if the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, I'll get another one. I can get another you in a minute. I don't matter, but I can't get another Jesus. I miss the people who couldn't put on makeup, but they got to praise. Miss the people who didn't look like Beyonce, but you better believe they're going to give you a praise every time they got a chance. Somebody shout glory. Let me tell you something. Something's going to happen today because I feel a preach down in my soul today. I, I feel something. Y'all shouldn't have let me grab the microphone. Y'all shouldn't have let me be here. Matter of fact, devil, you shouldn't have let me survive because now I got the microphone. Every chance I get, if I shit every chance I get, I'm going to give glory to God. Somebody say glory. All right. So. Um, so, so what happens is that Moses, Shandaya, Moses, uh, the Lord had said to the people, the Israelites said, uh, it's time for you to leave here. 
It's time for you to leave Mount Sinai. It's time for you to leave what you've been circling. Uh, you've been here too long. Someone say, I've been here too long. I feel like preaching, so y'all have to excuse me for a moment. I might clock for a second and might have a Baptist tantrum, but I feel it down in my soul. Look at somebody and say, I got to leave here. I've been circling here too long. So the Lord said, you've been here too long. Uh, it's time for you to leave. But there was a contradiction in what God had said, Jason, because the people were in error and the people had sinned. Uh, because the people were in error and because the people had sinned, the Lord said, you can go here, but you're going to go here without me. Uh, you're going to leave here. You have to be careful of wanting promotion without his presence. So the first thing I got to have is I got to have his presence with us. I don't want to go into a room without him. I don't want a job without him. I don't want to preach without him. I don't want a boo without him. I don't want a relationship without him. I don't want a child without him. Someone say, I got to have him. So they said, you can move on, but you can't have me. You will move forward, but at the expense of not having me. So I don't want anybody to ever think just because you see someone sing well and they have great runs and riffs that they have his presence. You want Bible for it? Romans says that the gifts and the callings of God, oh, they do come without repentance. What that means is I don't have to change to have him on me. I don't, I don't have to change to be gifted. I can get up there and play on the keyboard right now. I can preach. And there are a lot of preachers who preach without his presence. Oh, whoa. The people who put on fronts and people who put on shows and ain't got his presence. The Bible says over in Jeremiah, woe to the shepherds who scatter my sheep. You don't have to put your mouth on a man of God. God put his mouth on him. He said, woe to you for messing people up. Woe to you to messing up people's families. Woe to you to messing up people's marriages. Woe to you for splitting people and making people serve you and not serve me. Woe to shepherds who scatter my sheep. So he said, you will go forward, but you won't go forward with me. He said, I'm going to send a representative. In an angel. He said, I'm going to send an angel with you, but I'm not going with you. Uh, scripture says, because if I go with you, I might remember what you've done and kill you. That's why you have to be careful saying you want the presence of God. Because you can't have the presence of God without him dealing with your sin. Uh, see, a lot of people fault our church and growth point because they think because we dress down that we don't believe in holiness. Holiness is not a look. Holiness is a changed life. He says, if you're going to have my presence, uh, I might kill you because I will remember what you've done and I might destroy you. So I'm going to send my angel or representative because the representative will be more gracious than I might be. Moses did not like that response. Moses said in verse 18, he said, verse 17, he says, uh, he says to him, well, he goes on, excuse me, a few other verses. He said, if you basically, he says, if you don't go with me, if you don't go with us, our enemies that are coming against us. Uh, will think that you have left us 
because everything they've been saying about us has been because of you. We have escaped Pharaoh. We have walked over on dry land. We have been fed by manna that came from heaven. And everything that we pointed to has been because of you. So if we've gotten this far with you, we can't move forward without you. Because I would rather go through with you than go through without you. I would rather be wrong and have you than be right and not have you. So he said to God, he says, I can't move forward unless we have you. We can't move forward. So, so God responded in verse 17, and he says, the thing you have spoken, I will do. For you have found favor. Someone say favor. You have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. That might not bless anybody else. But I'm so grateful that when I'm wrong, he knows my name. I'm so grateful when I'm not in his will, he knows my name. There's nothing like being wrong and you hear your name being called when you're wrong. I'm so grateful that I don't always have his, I don't, I not only have his favor, but he knows exactly where I am. Somebody lift your hands right now and say he knows where I am. He knows how to find me. Which Moses said, I've got to have, got to have your presence with us and I've got to have your favor among us. Because every breakthrough that I've ever experienced has been because of your favor. Every door I've ever walked in has been because of your favor. Every opportunity I've ever had is because of your favor. Every enemy I've ever escaped has been because of your favor. Because the fact that I know me and you keep using me is a fact that I got your favor. Y'all miss that. The fact that God knows me and knows what I'm capable of and still use me no means that his favor is on me because it's not that I'm so great. Maybe I'm the only one. It's not that I'm so wonderful. It's not that I don't want to do things sometimes. But because he knows me and he puts his favor on me. Come here, donkey. Come here, donkey. Come here, donkey. Come here, donkey. Come here. Come here. Jesus told the disciples. He said, go around the way. And when you go around the way, you're going to find a coat whereby no one has sat on it. But when you get the coat, it's going to be tied up. Maurice, the owner is going to ask you, what are you asking for this coat for? When you give your response to the owner, say the Lord has need of it. The owner only released what was tied up because the master needed it. It wasn't because the donkey was so great. But because the need was greater than the thing I was tied up in. Is there anybody in the room who can give God praise that it's not that you couldn't have stayed tied up. But because he saw greater on you, he took you out of what tried to hold you. 
And every time they saw that donkey, I feel Jesus. Every time they saw that donkey, the donkey is wondering why they're throwing their coats before him and why they're throwing palm branches before him. And they're wondering, and the donkey, less the donkey thought it was about him. He had to remember Jesus was on him. Because a donkey without Jesus is still a donkey. But if you put Jesus on me, you put Jesus on my history, you put Jesus on my past, you put Jesus on my issues, you put Jesus on my mind, you put Jesus on my habit, and I am just another person who's been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. Can I get anybody in the room who will open up your mouth and say, he's on me, he, he's on me. Matter of fact, you ought to tell some friends you don't want me without him. You ought to tell your coworkers, send them an email tomorrow around 8 o'clock before they send your email. And you say, you better let me be with Jesus before we have this meeting. You better let me spend some time with him before we have this Zoom. Because I ain't nothing nice without him on me. You don't want this donkey. You don't want this fool. You don't want this ratchet. Because it ain't nothing pretty. It ain't nothing nice. I need him on me. I'm nice in here, but you don't know me without me. Heal him on me. Someone say, I need him on me. Uh, he said, I know. Uh, he said, he said I, I know you by name. So he goes on. Uh, uh, Jesus. Woo, Jesus. Someone say he's on me. Someone tell somebody he's on me. He, he's on me. Uh, you think you not? You think you know me right now? But you should have seen me when he wasn't on me. You think I'm a wonder right now, but you should have seen me when he wasn't on me. I know you think I'm going through right now, but this ain't nothing compared to what I was going through when he wasn't on me. It wasn't nothing pretty, but because he got on me. Uh, I thank him for being on me. Whew, Jesus, have mercy. Got favor on me. I got favor on me. Whew, I can't get out of that. I got favor on me. I just want you, don't, 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 don't. Oh, Jesus, don't touch nobody. But just nod to him and say, it's on me. It's on me. It's on me. The only reason I survived the car wreck, the only reason that it didn't take me out is because of what's on me. It's because of the favor. It's not because I had good credit. I had good favor. It's not because I had a good job. I had good favor. Somebody in the room. Oh, Italia. Thank him for favor. Whew, Jesus, I wish I had a grateful church. Thank God for favor. <laughs> favor can do what money can't. Favor can take you places. People will have conversations in the room and you're not even around because of favor. People will look at you and say something's different about you. And you need to tell them, it ain't my cologne, it's the favor. It's the favor. It's the favor. I want you to look around a few people and say, it's favor. It's favor. It's favor. It's favor. It's favor. It's favor. I know I had generational curses, but favor caused me to escape it. I know my mama was nothing, but now I got favor. That's why I'm here. Favor, 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 favor. Oh, uh, my mama. Woo. Favor, favor, favor. 
I got it, I got it. I got it, I got it. I feel something creeping up on me. I'm trying to let it go, but I, I feel, I feel, I feel thankful for favor. Woo, Jesus. Favor. Woo. All right, stop that. Favor, favor, favor. So got to go on past that point. Been there too long. So Exodus, the 33rd chapter, and verse 18 says, Moses said, please show me your glory. Y'all remember glory meant kabod. It means splendor. It means reflection. He says, show me your glory. God responded to him. He says, uh, I will make my goodness pass before you. Uh, and I will proclaim before you my name. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will show mercy to who I will show mercy. He said, but you can't see my face. For no one can see my face and live. So Moses said, I need, I got to have your presence uh, with us. And I got to have your favor among us. But, but I need your wonder among us. He says, I, I want to have your wonder. Now you have to understand when he said, I need your glory. It's not that God had not been doing great things for him. It's not that God had not been doing great things for the Israelites. But God always responds to hunger. When Moses said, I want to see your glory, he was saying, uh, there's another word for glory. It's not in there. It means advertisement. I want to see you advertise yourself. I want to. I want you to show off some more. I've seen what you've done, and you brought us through. But I need your wonder to be among us. I, I need your power to be among us. I need your splendor to be among us. There is never a service that I come here that I don't want to see His wonder. Because there are too many people who are going through things that if we don't have His wonder. And we don't have his advertisement of how great he is. There are people who are here who are not convinced of who he is and need to see his wonder. Uh, we might not have people getting up out of wheelchairs, but we got people getting up out of beds. We may not have people throwing crutches, but we have people throwing weed. I need to see his wonder. I need to see his wonder. Someone, someone just say, I'm his wonder. I, I'm his wonder. If you look at me, I, I, wrote, on my, I wrote it on my, on my Facebook today. I am a living testimony. I am a living wonder. Oh, I should have been dead. <laughs> but he let me live on. I am a living wonder. I'm a living testimony. Is there anybody in the room who can just say, I'm, I'm a living testimony? If you're looking for a testimony, look at me. Look at the stuff I would have responded to, but I don't respond to anymore. Look at the stuff I would have been a part of that I'm no longer a part of anymore. Uh, his wonder is among me. God, uh, I'm almost through. God only feeds the hungry. Verse 21 says, and the Lord says, I won't show you my face. He said, but there is a place by me where you can stand on a rock. 
and while my glory passes by, I'm almost through musician. I'm, I'm, I'm about there. When my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. And then I will take my hand away, and you shall see my backside, but my face you shall not see. And I thought about that, and I said, why is it that he won't let him see his face, but he lets him see his backside? I said, that's odd. Why would the Lord flash me, but won't let me see him? The Lord walks by and flashes and then keeps going. The Lord walks by, flashes him, and keeps going. The Lord walks by, flashes him, and keeps going. And I said, why are you flashing me and you keep going? Just flashing and keep glowing. Y'all hadn't caught it yet. He flashes me. And there's some of y'all that all you can handle is a flash. You can't handle more than just a glimpse. So he gives you a flash and he keeps going. The last thing is God. God responded to him. He said, I won't let you see my face, but I'll give you my history for a witness. I'll show you where I've been. Backside means I'll show you what I've done. But I can't show you where I'm going. I'll give you a flash of where I've been, but I can't show you where I'm going. What did Moses do with that? Moses took his history, and he wrote down in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was out form of voice. See, y'all missed it. Y'all been wondering who wrote Genesis. Moses saw his backside. And when he saw where he had been, he started to write where he had been. He didn't know where he was going, but he started to shout and praise God for where he's been. And I just want to know, can I get about 10 seconds of somebody giving God praise for taking you through the flesh? Taking you through the time that he showed himself. He didn't give you the full story, but he flashed himself. And he said, you're more than what you're in. Flashed himself. You're more than a domestic. You're more than an abuse. You got to survive that thing. He told Gwen, Gwen, what did he do? He flashed you and said, cancer will not be the death of you. It will be your story. Can anybody give God praise for the time he flashed you? He didn't show you where you was going, but he showed you where you've been. Show you where you weren't going to stay. Show you where y'all stay there. Y'all don't have to move. Don't go anywhere, musicians. Uh, praise team, worship team. Y'all stay there. I'm still flashing. <laughs> what happens? Let me use that. What happens when you move when he's flashing? You give up when he's trying to flash you. And I came to minister to people. Who God's trying to show you what you've overcome. But you're so busy complaining about where you are. That you can't thank God for what he's brought you from. And what he's brought you through. When he said you can't see my face because you're not ready for that type of change yet. But I'll show you where I've taken you from. And what I brought you from. Because if you can give God praise for where I brought you. I'll take you from where you are. And take you where I want you to be. But you've got to praise me for what you've overcome. Uh, so he said, see my backside is my history, what I've done. I'm giving my history for a witness. So that every time you feel like giving up, every time you feel like throwing in the towel, 
you'll have a point of reference to say if he's done it before, he can do it again. If he's brought me through this, he can bring me through that. If he's brought me through that, he can bring me through this. To be able to, and I'm confused because I'm wondering why there are so many depressed Christians. Everybody's going through something. And I want to ask, have you seen the flash? Because there's no possible way you could remember what you survived and be so depressed today. Because when I think of the goodness of Jesus, when I think of what he's brought me through, when I think about what I've overcome, I can't, I, I know that this is only temporarily because he's brought me through many things before. Someone say he's not finished. So, 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 the, so the angels were out there, excuse me, uh, the shepherds were out there in the fields. And, and it says that they saw a star. And it says when they saw the star, they looked up and the angel said that there's coming. They're, I'm going to flash you, but, but there's something that's coming. It's going to be uh, wrapped in a, a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes and in, and in a manger. And you won't have to travel to him because he won't come to you. But I'm just going to flash you and give you the news and then I'm going to tell you to do something. When God flashes you, it's not for him to show himself off. It's for him to show you where you've come so that you can make a step into where he's going. <laughs> the shepherds responded and they said in Luke, the second chapter in verse 14, they says, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. This is what you missed, coach. Once you give him glory, you can get peace. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. He hasn't changed his location. I give him glory so that he can give me peace. His location is higher than me. I'm in something that's trying to make me lower than where he is. So I ascribe glory to him. And once I give glory to him, he gives me glory on earth. Worship always starts with glory. I'm learning when you're quiet, you're listening. You're not bored. You need to give him glory. Before you ask him anything. Glorify him. And when you give him glory. He gives you peace. Some of you have not gotten peace. Because you've not given him glory. So when you get on your knees. You say Lord him. Lord her. Lord it. Lord them. Instead of you. Him, it, them, that, and not you. You need to remove them and have him. Because if I get more of him, he can take care of them. If I give him more glory, he'll give me the answer. If I give him more glory, he'll take care of them. 
Because one writer says the battle is not yours. But you can't win the battle if you won't give him glory. I want just for a few moments in the room. Can you take a moment right now and just give God glory? I don't know what that looks like for you. I don't know what that sounds like for you. But can for you for a few moments just open your mouth and say, I give you glory. I give you glory. I give you glory. Come on, somebody. Just open your mouth and say, I give you glory. Many of us are so full of what doesn't satisfy that we miss what can only satisfy. We are so full of what doesn't satisfy that I miss what can only satisfy. Ending here, I remember I was at Disney World, and I'm through. I was at Disney World uh, a few years ago. My mother-in-law, Mimi, the me. She went with us to Florida, and we got on this particular ride. I can't remember it right now. I think it's called, uh, um, I don't remember what it is, whatever. But we were on this ride, and you have to go all the way through. It's like a mountain. I don't remember what it was. And we, were, we went there, and they put you in these chairs, and they put these 3D glasses on you. And there's this screen that you're sitting in front of. Those of you who've never met my mother-in-law, she's about uh, 4.9 feet. She's very short. I just want to pick her up and carry her. She's very small. So we went and we, we were on this ride and she always, she doesn't call me Mario. She calls me son. She says, son, what this ride do? I said, mind you, we tricked her to get her on the ride. Because we told her it was going to be just a real easy ride. No, nothing. It wasn't going to move or nothing. It was just going to be a real easy ride. We knew it was like a roller coaster, but we didn't tell her that. Because it was going to be fun for us. So the lights started to dim. Everybody was buckled up in their, in their, in their, in their ride. Everybody was buckled up in their seat. And, and, and this, all of a sudden, the screen came on. It was a 3D experience where the seat moved everywhere you went. So the screen came on, and we were riding through safaris, and we were riding through the jungle, and we would see a deer. A deer would start coming towards us. She'd be like, son, 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 son. All of a sudden, the experience uh, was so close to her that you could almost reach out and touch it. And it was too much for her because she was prepared for a ride, not an experience. She just wanted to go along for a ride. But we didn't tell her it was going to be an experience. And I want to park here for a moment while I end this message. There are some of you who you've gotten confused. And you thought church and God was just about a ride. So you came here thinking there was just going to be something cool to get on and something cool to take pictures on and something that you could just snapshot and say church flow because you used to ride. And some of y'all are not used to an experience. But I come to tell you today that God is not a ride you just hop on. He's not a roller coaster. He is an experience that will change your whole life. He will change your children. He will change your habits. He will make you forget about what you thought you were going to do because it's not a ride. God, it's an experience. I tricked her to get her on it. But when she got out, she said that was the best thing I ever experienced. And there's some of you who you like rides, but you're scared of experience. 
God don't want to give you a ride. He wants to give you an experience. Someone say glory. Everywhere I go, I'm ascribing his glory. I'm advertising him. I don't get on unless I'm ready to change. When we used to come to the altar call, we would caution people. We would say, don't come up until you're ready. Some of us who, um, I don't know how many ministers I have here, but those of us who have been called to the preaching ministry, many of us ran for years. Because we knew this wasn't a ride. That there are times that you don't want to preach. And there will be times that, that you don't want to study. And there will be times that you don't want to pray for people. And there will be times, and I know y'all don't want to know that stuff, but there are times that you, you, y'all are privileged to hear a message that I'm actually preaching to myself. Because all of you live in a life where you think it's all about you. I couldn't say yes until I was ready for the experience and not the ride. I said, growth point, I, I don't want to start a church because it was trendy. I don't want to start a church because I want to be popular. I wanted to take people on an experience. Then no matter what point you are in your life, God can meet you there and grow you. Only when you're ready. I want to take this time to thank you for your prayers, support, and generous giving that make this ministry possible. For more ways to connect, visit online at growthpointchurch.org. If you've enjoyed today's message, you can like, subscribe, share with your friends, or take a screenshot and share on your social stories and tag us at MyGrowthPoint. Until next time, keep growing.